Joe Biden is sworn in as the 46th president of the United States. The left is an absolute all over it. And the left preaches unity. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the God Freedom Show. The show is sponsored by Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. So if you always want to start a podcast but didn't know where to begin, Anchor is for you. Anchor is very simple to use and it is also free. All you do is simply record your audio from your phone, computer, iPad, wherever, edit it with background music, and post it. You can also monetize it with sponsorships and donation buttons. And you can distribute it to sites like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check it out at anchor.fm or download the app. Again, it's anchor.fm or download the app. Alrighty, so welcome back. I hope everyone has had themselves a great week. And yes, it's been it's been pretty crazy, but I hope everyone had a great week. Otherwise, besides all the craziness. So we do have a lot to get to today, so let's just jump right into it. So, to I guess the biggest story of the day of this week, of course, is Joe Biden officially being sworn in as the 46th president of the United States. After the long, long election battle with supposed voter, voter fraud and everything that turned out there was no evidence for. And so, a lot of chaos for over the past two months. But now is it a, it's officially official at its point. So here's actually a clip of Joe Biden being sworn in as President of the United States. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you, God. So help me, God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. So yeah, it is a, it's official at this point. So Biden is now the 46th president of the United States, and yeah, it's been it's been quite a water ride. I mean, I mean, President Trump, you know, Trump gave a very good. Excellent uh, farewell address. It was kind of a little bit emotional, if if you will. But you know, he would definitely be missed because I would definitely prefer prefer him to be president instead of Biden at this point. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. So now we just kind of move on. But thankfully, despite all the talk from the media and the left over the past couple months about saying that all is not going to be a peaceful transfer of power, Trump's going to be in there like. Like, like, I don't know, like holding the White House hostage and everything to keep everyone out or something like that and to keep himself in as president. But no, it didn't turn out that way. It was actually a very peaceful transfer of power. And go watch the inauguration. It was a peaceful transfer of power. So that's the, and that's a very good thing. That's, that's something very unique too about this, about the United States as well. Is that despite all the craziness in the politics and everything, we still are having these peaceful moments 
of just transfer of power where other countries, they are being, the leaders are being killed and someone else steps in or whatever is just, it's, <clears throat> that's what's very unique and wonderful about the United States. But, despite it being a wonderful transfer of power, the actual presidency of Joe Biden is going to be, is going to be very hit or miss of whether or not it's going to be good. Because there's a lot of not so good things that they're proposing and everything. It's just, it's, a, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be, I think, a complete mess as well. So literally on the first day of his presidency, Joe Biden, President Biden, proposed a bunch of executive orders, and a lot of them were, you know, overturning some um, Trump's, you know, previous executive orders and all that. So here's actually a little list of them right here. My computer will cooperate with me. Hello. Here we go. So first on uh, Biden's executive list is a 17. He issued 17 executive orders on uh, literally his first day in office. And here's the list right here. So the first one is a 100-day masking challenge. Yes, not a mask mandate. 100-day masking challenge. Mm-hmm. So here's what it says. So, first one launches a 100 days masking challenge asking Americans to wear masks for 100 days, requires mask and physical distancing in federal buildings, on federal lands, and by government contractors, and urges states and local governments to do the same. Okay? So, and a quick note about this whole federal mask mandate or whatever. Uh, Biden was on... Biden and his family were on federal property a couple days ago. Didn't have a mask on. He was on his first day in office. And after he issued the executive order. And he didn't have a mask on. Hmm. Very convenient. That is, again, once again, rules for you. Rules for you, but not for thee. For not for me. Something like that. So here's the other one. So, the um, second executive order is basically the United States is going to be rejoining the uh, World Health Organization um, after you know, President Trump rightfully took us out of it because, l let's face it here, who is pretty much a Chinese front at this point? They were covering China during the initial spread of COVID, trying to cover them up, saying, you know, buying their lives and all, all that. So, that's no surprise. So, the third one is basically, so here's what the third one says. Creates the position of COVID-19 response coordinator reporting directly to Biden and managing efforts to produce and distribute vaccines and medical equipment. Mm -hmm. So, it's a, another, it's a plan to distribute, you know, vaccines and all that. Which, the lie is being now thrown around, sorry, now the lie is being thrown around by the media Goodness gracious, that that there was the Trump had no plan to distribute the uh, vaccines, which is entirely completely false, because we're vaccinating about a million people per day at this point, and that is expected to go up um, from as time goes on. 
So, yes, <laughs> that means nothing right there. So now we get on to the economy part. So the for the first one for the economy section is extends the existing nationwide mor sorry, moratorium on evictions and foreclosures at, until at least March 31st. So basically it stops, you know, evictions and all that to foreclosures and extends the deadline for all that. And also for the second economy section, he extended uh, student loan payments for federal student loan payments until September 30th. Alrighty, so now for, now for the environment. So, this one is interesting. So, um, Biden is planning on rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, a process that would take 30 days. So, here's the thing about the Paris Climate Accord right here. It means nothing. It's not an actual treaty. It's just like, it's just honestly, hey, I promise, promise, blah, 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 blah. It's not an actual oath, not an actual treaty between countries and everything. So it means nothing. And besides that, it does, all it does is just, it blames us, the United States, for everything. It doesn't hold countries like China, India um, for the problems. Because here's facts. Here's facts right here. China, India. The top, top two worst you know, polluted countries in the world. The United States, pretty low on the spectrum. And in fact, after, you know, Trump got us out of the Paris Climate Agreement, the carbon, carbon emissions went down faster out of the climate agreement, Paris Climate Accord than we were, than what happened when we were in it. Now, I'm not a big, huge you know, climate change fan, if you will. I mean, I think there's a little bit of, of a course happening. Um, I don't know if mankind, if, you know, humans have anything to do with it, maybe just a little bit. But I think it's just really just a natural occurrence of the earth. But there is, there is some little bit of evidence that does, the human activity does contribute to it just a little bit, but not a whole lot. But... Besides, but, anyway, it's just, it's still pretty dumb. Anyways, now this part right here is super, super dumb. So, the next executive order is, basically, it cancels the Keystone XL pipeline and directs agencies to review, reverse more than 100 Trump actions on the environment. So the Keystone XL pipeline is a gas pipeline here in the United States where we get a lot of our oil. And I mean, that's why gas prices have been pretty low throughout the Trump administration and everything. So now, Biden is going to shut that down. And basically, we're going to have to rely on foreign oil again. Which, it does not make sense. I mean, what is so bad about drilling oil in our country, in our own country? And if this is supposedly about the environment... Why, why are we punishing other countries for it or whatever? And Biden's excuse says we're going to move towards green energy, electric cars, and everything. Come on. Realistically, that's not going to happen for a long time. Maybe not happen at all. And it's, it's, it's so dumb. And it, it costs like thousands and thousands of people their jobs. So, literally on day one... 
Biden just destroyed thousands of jobs. Way to go, people. Way to go. This is, do not complain. If you voted for Biden, do not complain about this. This, this is what you got, okay? Some of, us, some of us have been trying to warn you, say, hey, if you vote for Biden, a lot of bad things could happen. Boom. Thousands of jobs destroyed. Ooh, I probably should have not voted for him. <laughs> Why did you think that to begin with? It's, it's it's so it's hilarious. This is why, again, while Trump's behavior was pretty egregious a lot of times, his policy was excellent, excellent. Biden, Biden, you know, while somewhat likable according to some people, his policy is terrible, absolutely terrible. So if you have someone with you know kind of crappy character, and but has excellent policy over someone with somewhat okay character, if you will, and has terrible policy. That's not a choice. That should not be a choice at all. Anyways, it continues right here. Equity. Equity. And this is like an order rescinds the Trump administration's 1776 commission directs agencies to review their actions to ensure racial equity. Now, for those who are wondering, the 1776 commission uh, proposed by you know Trump and his Trump administration and everything, it actually is a rebuke, rebuttal to the 1619 project, and with the 1776 commission is basically a rundown of America's America's actual founding, about how you know it's founded on these key you know values and principles and everything, and how. You know, the United States have not definitely not always lived up to it, especially with slavery, Jim Crow laws, and everything. And it goes through the real meaning of the Constitution and how it applies and everything. It's it's really it's really good. It's actually a really, 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 really good document. And of course, it's been called racist by by the objective CNN. The objective CNN called it racist. To give no explanation why. But that it's called a racist for whatever reason. So, um, the next one is prevents workplace discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender or gender identity. Uh, so basically, what these next few is going to be just a bunch of just virtual singling nonsense and everything. So. Basically, now Biden's going to propose that the census requires non-citizens to be included in the census as well, which makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, they're not a citizen of the United States, so they should not be counted in the census. Um, next one is for immigration. Fortifies DACA. Fortifies DACA after Trump's efforts to undo protections for undocumented people brought into the country as children. And reverses the Trump administration's restrictions on entry for passport holders from seven Muslim-majority countries. Um, yeah, basically the travel ban that, you know, banned people from traveling from different countries. And that includes some Muslim-majority countries and some non-Muslim-majority countries. So people saying that it was a Muslim ban is a complete lie. That's a complete and utter lie.
And he's going to halt the construction of the border wall and everything. Extends deferrals for deportation or, or work authorizations for li Liberians with a safe haven in the United States until June 30, 2022. Ethics requires executive branch appointees to sign an ethics pledge barring them from acting in a personal interest and requiring them to uphold the independence of the Department of Justice. And finally, the regulation part directs OMB director to develop recommendations to modernize regulatory review and undoes Trump's regulatory approval. Yeah. So that's pretty much as much of his as I got orders. I mean, I'll put a link in the description of um of the you know, podcast and video so you can read the, all the executive orders. But yeah, that's pretty much it right there. It's it is completely 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 insane stuff. Completely insane. I just I mean seriously, halting the border wall construction. And everything, just the hundred day masking challenge. Whatever, <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like, but just like Obama, pretty much, he's going to be captain executive order, pretty much, saying that, you know, things he can't get done legislatively, he's going to get done executively. So, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting few months, people. Very interesting few years, actually. Alrighty, so I'm continuing on um, with um, this right here. But first, you gotta go for the YouTube or the God of Freedom Ball to check it out. So, not only you get the rest of this episode where I go over the media's just adoring response to Biden's um, being, Biden being sworn in and everything. And also, you know, Biden uh, the preaching unity to everyone. So, definitely check that out. And also, the Book of Acts, going to Book of Acts at the end of the episode. And remember, you can find me on your favorite podcast system on the like a, like a podcast, Spotify, or, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. This is the God of Freedom Show. Okay, so now let's continue on right here. So let's actually move on from that part. Now let's move on to the media's just a reaction to Biden's um, Biden being um, sworn in as president of the United States. Because as we all know, the media just had it so, so hard these past few years. They were just, they were constantly constantly under attack from Trump. They were the firefighters of truth. Even though Trump was standing in the way, they spoke the truth, no matter what. They're the bravest people in the history of America. And now, they get to breathe for once and go on vacation and all that. Or, alternatively, there are garbage, partisan hacks during the Trump administration, and there continue to be partisan garbage hack, political hacks during the Biden administration. Of course, difference in treatment. With Trump, they treat him like garbage, pretty much. Just, you know, constantly attacking him for 
every single little thing that he did, said, or anything. But with Biden, oh, it's going to be, it's, it's pretty much going to be misogynist feeding the whole time. That's pretty much, that's pretty much what's going to be, is the headlines from the media, from these media headlines, from these sites and everything, is, is something, it's quite something. Okay, so here's actually a few of the headlines and posts right here. What just happened? Hold on a second. There we go. Anyways, here's a, a couple of tweets and posts and headlines and all that. So this is from Katie Rogers. So here's what here's what was tweeted out. A person close to the president elect said that Mr. Biden and his wife Jill Biden engaged in regular morning negotiations over who gets to ride first. This is talking about the Peloton, and the New York Times, you know, had this piece about you know Biden bringing his Peloton bike and how it raises concerns in the White House and everything, you know, hard hitting stuff. So this is from CBS Morning. Tomorrow on CBS Sunday, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris and her husband Douglas Imhoff sat down with Jane Polly and opened up about their relationship and the story behind those Converse sneakers. Ooh, some so hard hidden stuff. I'm telling you, the Converse people, the Converse. That's we we have to know the secret about the Converse. Have, we have to know her husband, who we didn't really know existed at this point. Oh, uh, so, so amazing. From CNN, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris dropped a playlist for your inauguration watch party. They dropped a pay playlist, people. They dropped a playlist. Yes, that, that's exactly what we needed. We need, we need a bunch of them just dropping a playlist for everyone to listen during the inauguration. And it's probably a good idea, actually, to keep you distracted from the garbage inauguration, your speeches and everything, but that's beside the point. And finally, from the Washington Post, most most people know her as Jill Biden, but to some, she is Dr. B, the compassionate, challenging educator who went the extra mile. Oh, so, so much journalisming. Such hard-hitting, objective journalism. So amazing. Now here's probably the best, the best one out of everything. The literally the best one. So, basically, a reporter, this, this was the first day on the 20th, it was, you know, by his first day, and this is his first press conference with House Press, House, uh, press Secretary Jen, uh, Pisaki, something like that. Jen Saki, I don't, I don't I guess I don't know pizza or anything. But anyways, here's what the reporter asked: Will Biden keep Donald Trump's Air Force One color scheme change? Yes, the hard hitting. That's the hard hitting stuff right there. That is that is the most hard hitting question I ever heard of from a reporter. So here's a little bit of that clip right here. A lighter note, uh, will he keep Donald Trump's Air Force One color scheme change? This is such a good question. I have not had the opportunity to dig into that today, um, given the number of executive actions, orders, the inauguration, a few things happening. Um, I will venture to get you an answer on that, and maybe we can talk about it in here tomorrow. 
This is gonna be your media for the next four years right here. This is gonna be your media. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. It is gonna be something because you know, I was relatively young during the Obama years. But according to, you know, my parents, everybody, you know, media was pretty much the exact same way to Obama as they are to Biden. They massaged his feet constantly, didn't ask him tough questions or anything, just made excuses for him in every move he made. He made. In contrast to Trump, you know, they attacked him for every little thing he did or said. So, yeah, I mean, the mask is just, it's completely off at this point. It is completely, completely off. I mean, there is, there's no, there's no, no more such thing as an objective news source. So here, for example, as I alluded to earlier, is a headline for CNN. Newly sworn in, President Joe Biden and his advisors are inheriting no coronavirus vaccine distribution plan to speak from, of, from the Trump administration, sources tell CNN, posing a significant challenge for the new White House. Mm -hmm, that, that's an actual headline from CNN, an objective news source. One problem? That's a complete lie. A complete and utter lie. Because there was a plan. Trump had a plan and he ex executed it. And right now we're getting close, to, as I alluded to earlier, we're getting close to about 1 million vaccines per day. And so, and Biden's plan is to get 100 million people vaccinated in 100 days. So that's very, that tells you he has actually no plan at all. He has no plan for, he just copied and trust plan, plan at this point, which is no surprise whatsoever. No surprise. But the, really, the annoying part of all this is the self-righteousness righteousness of the media. Because, you know, they, they keep telling themselves that they had it so hard these last four, four years. Trying to be these arbiters of truth and righteousness and everything. They just, and, you know, Trump was an external threat to their First Amendment rights. Every single day he attacked them. But in reality, they were garbage. They would get lied constantly about him. And they're partisan hacks. You know, really, honestly, they deserve any. Any attack from Trump, they deserved it. Every step of the way. But now, with Biden in, they don't have to act all tough and everything. Because now, yes, we got someone we like. So we can massage his feet all day and everything. It's just, it is so annoying. And this is why people should not trust the media at all. Do not trust the media. Like, seriously. If you're a conservative especially, there should be no reason... Why you trust the media, or even still believe that the media is objective? They are not objective anymore. They're simply not. Anybody who says they are is lying. All right. So now let's move on to the next part right here. So now the next part. Now with Biden in and everything. Now 
the biggest thing he's pushing is unity. Yes, he's pushing the left, and Biden is pushing that we need to achieve unity. So here's a clip of him talking about that at his inauguration. Here's a clip right here. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. Once in a century virus that silently stalks the country has taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. Millions of jobs have been lost. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed. A cry for racial justice, some 400 years in the making, moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that we must confront and we will defeat. <laughs> to overcome these challenges, to restore the soul and secure the future of America, requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity. Unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history, it'll be for this act, and my whole soul is in it. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. So, you know, on his face, it's a pretty good speech. And that's, it's pretty good, you know, he's saying that, you know, we need to put, you know, differences aside and everything, come together as Americans and all that. So, on his surface, it's pretty good. But, there's a catch. As always, there's a catch with the Democrats. So, when Democrats, you know, they talk, not all Democrats, but most, most people on the left, when they say unity, they really mean, you know, going with only unity with people they agree with. And everybody who doesn't agree with them, they get thrown aside. Completely thrown aside. And it's, it's completely... You know, it, it's, it's nonsense. So if you recall, you know, back not too long ago, I did a you know entire segment of the show on you know biblical unity and everything. How with you know biblical unity, we have the shared principles according to Scripture, and you know through God, and that's how that's true unity with the body of Christ. But you know unity according to the world is very mixed up, broad and everything, you know, sometimes it's with the unity of the world, it's with, you know, everybody coming together, comp compromising their beliefs and just coming together, and sometimes it's, you know, coming together around just one 
ideology and, and ideology and everybody who doesn't agree with the ideology um, ideology whatever it um they get on the side and that's what's actually happening right here and so the talk of unity with conservatives and everything is complete crap it is complete and other crap why why you say why I say that because it's pretty obvious so here's CNN's Don Lemon talking about comparing Trump voters to Klansmen here's a clip right here now what you hear is, well, you can't say that everybody who voted for Trump is like the people who went into the Capitol. Response. You can't say that what? Everybody's like... Everybody I, who voted for Trump is I, like them. No, I just explained to you. If, you. if if you are on that side, you need to think about the side you're on. I am never on the side of the Klan. I am never principal people, conservative or liberal... Never on the Klan side. Principal people, conservative or liberal, never on the Nazi side. Principal people who are conservative or liberal, never on the side that treats their, their fellow Americans as less than, that says that your fellow Americans should not exist, that, said your, that says your fellow Americans should be in a concentration camp, or that sides with slavery, or sides with any sort of bigotry. Right, and if they say, I don't agree with those people, I just like Trump's policy. Well, then get out of the crowd with him. Get out of the crowd I with him. I wasn't in the crowd, I just voted for Trump. You're in the crowd who voted for Trump. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. You voted for the person who incited a crowd to go into the Capitol and, and potentially take the lives of lawmakers, took the lives of police officers, took the lives of innocent lives who were there on the Capitol that day. You voted on that side, and the people in Washington are continuing to vote on that side. So all the talk of unity is complete crap. Complete and utter crap. The reality is, there is a cultural tidal wave coming for conservatives, and more specifically, Christians. There is a tidal wave coming for biblical values, and they want, because the world absolutely despises biblical values to its core, and they want nothing more than to see it shut down and destroyed. And it's coming from, it's really right now coming from the culture, but as the culture moves more and more and more to the more far left, eventually, and we could definitely see it in this administration, it's going to leak into government, and we're going to have complete disaster on our hands. So this is why, right now, the fight is in the culture right now. It is in the culture. And we need to focus, put our focus, conservatives, everybody needs to put our focus on the culture. Because, you know, government, I mean, that only goes, it takes you so far. Because as Andrew Breitbart once said, politics is downstream of culture. And as I say, politics is also downstream of family, and down, which is downstream of religion and God and everything. And so, um, there's multiple ways that we can fight the culture. Fight it, fight, fight back, and get back the culture. And, you know, one of the ways, you know, especially for Christians can do this, is with their families. So, my 
good friend Josh has a podcast called Boldly Biblical. And he has a recent podcast episode talking about this. And he's going to be doing a series of podcast episodes on this. But basically, basically on the the idea of, a, of the family unit. About how the father disciples to the children. And everything with, you know. And teaching them about Christ. And getting them, getting them in the word every day and all that. And bringing them up on biblical values. And he makes a great point, you know, once you, if you get the family right, get the family raised on biblical values, eventually they're going to take that into the world and change and change it. And t- they're going to take it into the culture, and they're going to f- influence the culture. And that's exactly the biblical way people should respond. I, mean, I don't have my own, you know, I don't have a wife or kids right now. I'm not, I hope to, hope to, so, hope to do so in the future. But I still completely agree with it. So now let's, let's jump to real quick Ephesians six. This is on family relations, and um, I'll be reading from, of course, the NESB. So starting from verse one, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this. For this is right. Honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up to in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and in, in, in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by the way of eye service as men pleases, but as slaves of Christ and doing the will of God from the heart. With good will with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing what whatever knowing that whatever good thing each each one does, this this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters do the same things, the same things to them, and give up threatening, threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. And so basically, basically this is how you know, mostly the first part right, right there, but how you know children are to obey their parents, and how the fathers are you know raise their children up, and discipline. And everything according to God, and according to God's values and to His word and everything. And it's completely right, as you know. My friend Josh says, you know, once you again, once you influence the family, rightfully, it eventually bleed over into the culture. And that's very a simple way for a lot of Christians to fight back against the culture. Now, of course, you know, that is the best way to do it, now, but that's not the only way, of course. I mean, that's the most effective way. And then now, another way to fight the culture is to really win it back. And the way to win it back, of course, is to, it's through entertainment. And to provide, you know, alternative sources of entertainment and all that is, it's a tough fight, but it is, it needs to be done. It definitely needs to be done. Because, again, if we continue to lose the culture, eventually we're going to keep losing the politics. It's as simple as that. 
All right, so now, let's see, yeah, now let's move on to the Book of Acts. Oops. So we're going to be starting in Acts chapter 4. Right here, we're going to be starting with verse 1 and ending at verse 12. And remember, you can follow me along if you want. And once again, I'll be lit reading from the NASB. Peter and John arrested. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed by it because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day. For it was already evening, but many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came out came to be about five thousand. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest was there with Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were high who who were of high priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this, this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name the missed man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by he is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone, and there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other no other name sorry there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by to, by which we must be saved yeah and that's and that last part right there is completely it's very key right there and there's oh, let me repeat it and there is no salvation in, in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And his course completely relates to the whole Nevisolas by you know in Christ alone and all that. So of course you know next week we're gonna be starting with verse thirteen. Alright, so now for our time some good stuff and best of the week. So some from good stuff of the week. So speaking of, you know, to fight and to get the culture back and everything, you know, like I said, that the key aspect of it is entertainment, because the entertainment industry is completely filled with leftist garbage at this point, and the key is is to offer alternative sources of entertainment that is still good, but doesn't shove leftist garbage values in your face, and. For years, conservatives have lacked the courage to do that. But, thankfully, that's where the Daily Wire comes in. So, Daily Wire, which is run by you know Ben Shapiro, um, he, um, in his company, 
have now gone get into the entertainment business. They have an entire entertainment channel. Basically, they're going to be releasing all sorts of like, you know shows, movies, and all that. And very recently, they released their first feature film. It's called Run High Fight. And basically, what this movie is kind of a brief synopsis. Synopsis is about is basically about this high school senior who you know she recently lost her mom. I think to cancer, obviously, from what I saw. And, you know, she's basically trying to, you know, get through her last few days of high school and just move on and start fresh in college and everything. But one day, you know, there's a bunch of school shooters who break in and help hold the students hostage. And, you know, she eventually, she uses her survival skills and wits to not only to, you know, fight back, but also get people out, get as many people out as they possibly, she possibly can. It is an excellent film. It is a really, really good film. It is, it's not for the faint of heart. It is, it is violent. It, is, it has some, you know, it is graphic in a lot of ways. It's, it has some curse, cursing in it and everything, but it's, it is a very good film. It has a very good message. It's not really shoved in your face, but it's a good message nonetheless. But he's actually... A good trailer for it right here. In between breath, take the shot. You done really good out there, kid. Size of that deer, we're gonna be eating venison all summer. Well, the day's work. I think we need to see somebody again. And by we, you mean me? No, I mean us. Hey, that look in your eye. Guys in my unit had that look. Maybe there's a brochure you can hand me so I can go? Jellic over there? Is he doing something completely weird? Senior prank day. But we'll see all kinds of dumb stuff today. Swim captain, we'll have Thai food delivered to class, and Becky Vaughn will set up her homemade slip and slide. This is high school. Nothing that happens here matters in the real world. Okay, we are in charge now, so please pull out whichever app you use to do live streaming video. Get them up and running and point it at me. Now! Get down on the ground! Any more friends back there? I'm calling 911. Get back to your homeroom and stay put until the... You must be close. Very disturbing news out of Vernon Central High School. Zoe. In between breath, take a shot. Go! Is it safe to say that this might be our guardian angel? Do you want more people to die? That's the last thing I want. I'm gonna kill one person in this room every five minutes. You don't show your face. Isn't it ironic that after all your hard work, people aren't gonna remember you? 
No. You're gonna remember me. So yeah, again, definitely check it out. It is an excellent, excellent film. And this is a great entry for the Daily Wire into the intent business. So I highly, highly recommend it. Especially Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I think is actually pretty good. But of course, you know, audience score was about 98% or so. So again, check it out. And of course, I mean, you do have to be a Daily Wire member to, you know, watch the film. But... It's worth. It's definitely worth getting the Daily Wire subscription because not only you get the shows and all that, but also their entertainment stuff. So definitely check it out. Alrighty, so I think that's all I have for this episode. So I'll be back here next week with all the latest. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the Guy in the Freedom Show. If you enjoyed this episode of the Guy in the Freedom Show, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Remember, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Thank you for listening or watching.